Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. I mean, all three of us are back together, so you know it's going to be a great episode. It's been so, so long, but I'm just so hyped for today. We have a couple of awesome topics to talk about. We get to cover a wide variety of esports for once. We're not going just Overwatch. We're not just going uh, League of Legends, but we get a wide variety. So you guys are in for a treat today because not only do I have my two awesome co-hosts with me today, I have James and Dylan. You guys can do your normal little uh, introductions here. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm... James Graham, uh, manager for, for Honor Esports and uh, mental health security officer and huge League of Legends fanatic. And I'm Dylan Beal, a.k.a. Beal for real. I'm kind of the esports jack of all trades. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, we have both of our co-hosts back, which it's been, I don't know, I think we were just talking about it. It's been since December, since all three of us have been on the same podcast together. We've been running a couple awesome interviews. I hope you guys have really been enjoying that. But today we are back to talk about esports give our impressions, make some crazy, stupid um, predictions and that kind of stuff. So it'll be a good one. Um, what I kind of want to start off with right away, which has really been a hot topic for a lot of people, is CSGO um, for the Pro League and the ESL1, as well as Dota, have now said that they're only broadcasting on Facebook from here on out. I mean, this was a big surprise to me. I think you guys are kind of caught off guard by it, and even the CSGO and... Uh, Dota kind of fan bases are caught off guard. I mean, what do you guys think of this so far? What are your initial impressions? Do you think it's crazy? What are you guys thinking about that? Dylan, do you uh, do you want to go ahead and start with this? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate Facebook streaming so much. It just, I don't know, it just feels really weird to, like, go to Facebook and then you see a stream and you go, oh, let me just like load this up. It, it would be the same exact thing if you did it on Twitter or Instagram. It just feels kind of weird to me because it's supposed to be like this uh, timeline format of something of where you go on, you kind of scroll down and you just like look through the timeline and then that's your experience unless you have a special notification, you, you look at it or whatever. So just putting streams in there just feels really weird because I'm not going to any of these websites to discover streams. I don't know. It just it feels really weird to me. I don't like it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of gonna parrot that response. <laughs> um, like I like this came up with the with when we talked about street uh, Twitter becoming a streaming platform. Like again, it's a it's a news feed, right? Like you're supposed to scroll. Like I'm doing it literally right now. I'm not gonna stop and look at, like and watch a stream for three hours because. You know, I like. I mean, I have other stuff to check out on my on my feed. You know what I mean? Like, it's. I don't know. To me, I like. If I was like, I've seen. I I think a lot of people already have the model right, anyways. Where, if they are streaming, they advertise that their team is streaming on Twitch, and then you go to Twitch, and then that's a separate entity, and then you can go back and scroll through your news feed, like internet intermissions and stuff like that. So to me, it's a little. I I don't. I think it's a really really dumb move. Yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll agree. So first off, um, I want to kind of bring up a couple points on the other side. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I could ever sit in like one window or anything kind of like that on Facebook for three hours. I just wouldn't be able to keep myself from scrolling on other pages, reading other things. Like I just feel like I get so distracted on Facebook while when I go to Twitch, I am there to sit there to kind of watch it. I treat it much more as kind of like I'm going there for something while with on Facebook unless you're a huge fan like you're just kind of going there to look at your timeline you're going to look at that for a friend what they're doing like if you stumble upon like a competitive stream you're not going to sit there and watch it because that's not what you go to Facebook for I mean I think this was probably a very big kind of attempt by Facebook um and they probably paid a lot for this I mean I can't even imagine how much they paid for this but they've really been trying to get into um, the kind of video um, side of social media and that kind of stuff. Because everyone knows videos where the future is kind of going, especially in marketing kind of stuff like that. So I think it's a good way to get these younger audience that is constantly online that's already watching these streams over to Facebook to use it more. And get used to using, I think it's called Facebook Watch. So I see why Facebook wants this, but I don't see what benefits the Dota League, um, CSGO, anyone like that gains besides the money. I mean, maybe the payouts will be a little bigger for the leagues, but if the viewership isn't there, I don't really think it's going to end up paying off. And 
I, I mean, I definitely agree. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it was a awesome move by Facebook to try to get that demographic onto the social media um, website a lot more. But I just don't think it's going to pay off in the long run. I I think it's crazy, and I think it was just kind of a cash grab. They saw the zeros, and they couldn't say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that's what it's, it's boiling down to, is that it's just like, it's all about the zeros. <laughs> and I'm like, you know... Um, that's just it too. Like, is 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 Dota and and CS:GO going to take a, a viewership hit because of this? Where they're, I mean, this was always our, our 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 biggest predicted fear amongst the three of us was just like, as soon as you s- switch to exclusively Facebook, you're going to lose viewership. And I've, I'm afraid that's just what's going to happen here. Is just nobody's you know nobody's going to want to tune in. Nobody's going to watch it. They're gonna they're gonna find something else on Twitch. They're gonna find another league to watch on Twitch. Cause I, from my understanding, cause my my understanding of the Dota and CS:GO leagues isn't vast, but they don't have one tournament like 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 league does, right? Like they 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 have a bunch of like little tournaments, like opens and stuff like that, that kind of like make up their make up their season. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to look at this right now. Um. Trying to see the stats. So there already has been one, um, the ESL Gendling, or however you pronounce that, happened on uh, January 23rd. So I guess we should have been a little more prepared to see if you could find stats on how that did. But yeah, I'm I'm afraid that um, it, they're just going to take a viewership hit. And I definitely think it's not going to help either one of these leagues grow at all. I mean... There's been so much organic growth, and this is what we've always been talking about a lot, is that we're afraid with these big companies starting to get involved and throwing a lot of money down that it could hinder esports because it's starting to focus so much on the money rather than the viewers and that their kind of experience. Clearly, the viewer... Ex- Whoops, sorry, done. No, I was just going to go in and say, I, I want to play devil's advocate now. I, w- I want to go on the side of that. It's a good thing. Okay. Oh, I- yeah? <laughs> okay, so so hear me hear, hear me out. So there was a, a big issue that happened with one of the ESL1 streams with Dota of where ESL1 was streaming their their Dota tournament and one of the big community members um trying to look and see what his name is I think it was uh it was Bulldog was restreaming it on Twitch. So he's just like a a big personality in the scene and he was just restreaming it and kind of doing his own little casting thing. And ESL1 sent him um, a cease and desist, right? Saying like, oh, that's our content. You can't do that. And then Valve turned around and was like, well, no, it's our game. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have a theory, right? So if they're allowing community, um, I, I don't want to say restreams because not restreaming it because they're streaming at the same time, but like uh, community streams of these big tournaments. So what if they realize people on Twitch want to watch the community members do it, right? They want to have the big personalities casting or whatever. So they take their main thing, put it on Facebook to try to get as much people on Facebook as possible because mostly with Facebook, um, people's eyes go across it pretty quickly and sometimes it gets grabbed on. So you'll get people who aren't your normal audience. So they put it on there. They allow the community to do their own casting stuff. And so they fill in their Twitch spot so that way they have Twitch and Facebook streamed. Huge audience reach. I think it's a good idea, actually. Huh. So you think they're, they're you think they're trying to they're trying to split the viewership to overall just get a bigger audience? Yeah. Now if you, you now if they do this with the international, I'll think it's a horrible idea. But right now with these smaller ones, I think it's fine. Hmm. I mean that's a yeah that's an interesting approach. I mean, I. Like I didn't even like until that was brought up. I didn't even consider like seeing like a like a community or like a you know a big community member commentating on a stream, right? Or like on like the the major tournament. So that's yeah. I mean, if they're gonna back the, it's, it's like you don't need to. You know, I guess you don't even need to back the content creator because he's already so big. Anyways, he's got his own backing, and he can just kind of support himself. So, oh man, that is that's cheeky. That's that, yeah. like, that's the only way I can think of describing it. So we talked to, about him a couple of times in the past couple of weeks. So Tyler won. So a good example is if League was like, "All right, we're gonna have our own streams," um, and then Tyler won. If you want to just cast over our stream and just do that on your own, I'm sure tons of people who watch League would go, "Oh no, I want to watch Tyler uh, do his casting or whatever." But the super like 
not invested league people would just want to watch the regular stream if they came across it. So I think that's that's a good comparison with this. Well, I think it would, in, in, in my opinion, just from the league community, I think it would split the audience um, for the better, of course, because you'd have, like, these guys who... Like you know, like the, the the Twitch trolls and like the memers and stuff like that, who just like to watch Tyler because he freaks out, right? And he like, I mean, the guy is energetic as shit. Like, don't get me wrong, I love I love Tyler, but like his energy is like it, it, it attracts some people. But for people who are like more serious about the game, they still have the option of watching like you know the 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 play by play and the color color commentators as well, right? So yeah, no, that's damn, that's an interesting angle. I wonder if that. I wonder if we're gonna see more of that. I love that idea, and I think that's a genius idea. But I think you're giving too much credit to CS, the CS:GO League, and the ESL one. Like, I could see that how it ending up happening. But yeah, like you said, I don't think they knew before they finalized this deal that they couldn't send out DMCA's. Like, I definitely think that just kind of worked out in their favor. And if they're smart, they're going to take that approach. But I think you're giving them too much credit. I'm not like down putting on you, but I I do think this was still just a big money idea. If they go with your approach, it's a hundred percent gonna work. They're gonna have that money. They're going to have an increased viewership, is what my guess would be if they do take that approach. But and hopefully that's just how the community naturally takes it. But I love the sound of that idea, and I hope that's how it ends up working. But I don't think there's a chance in hell those leagues went into this with that idea oh no for sure they went just for the money oh yeah but i love the idea and yeah, again i mean if they do take that approach it is going to pay off so well because yeah i mean people are going to twitch for this i mean but you're right if you get those people on facebook that aren't traditional watchers and you just get a good handful of them you already have that extended audience outside of twitch because anyone that would be watching these leagues are already on twitch watching them so getting the randoms that are kind of interested on Facebook, I think, would be really good, actually. But, so, okay, so we talked about these two leagues. Dylan had a really good point, but overall, it's total money ground, that kind of stuff. So let's move on to a different league that hasn't quite given up on Twitch. Um, let's talk about our, our kind of general impressions of the Overwatch League so far. I mean, we haven't got together as a group since the launch of the league to kind of talk about it. We're two weeks in now. Some really good games. Like, just kind of want to hear your general impressions. I got a couple other talking points, but first off, what do you think of the Overwatch League so far? Um, I think I think myself and Dylan touched on this the last time we got together. I yeah, think a couple weeks ago. And, I think that was yeah, opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, and the big thing was it's not as it's not as hard to watch as we thought it might be. Um, it's very it's very gripping to the eye because the the, the, the skins are coordinated. Dylan, I think you were the one that told me that like the away teams actually just have their white with the accent color being whatever team they're associated with, which is like, like I mean, they're doing it up like NFL and freaking NHL jerseys and stuff like that, right? Which is a smart move. Everybody everybody can relate to that. Everybody understands that. Um, the the my, Now, I am seeing things about the Overwatch League that are kind of concerning me. Um, I mean, the player base that it's attracting, um, as we're already seeing, is having a decent amount of screen time with like uh on twitter and like stuff like that i think i think there's already been one issue of being suspended or and or i think it's a suspension um due to one player telling another specific like like openly homo homosexual player to su- tell him to suck a dick and stuff like that so i mean like that stuff is not good to see but i mean overall from a viewership side it's not bad dylan yeah, I mean, I'm still definitely on the, the hype of last week. I really like this. I think the league is working out really, really good. Um, I think my favorite thing about this this whole league is just it creates something nice and consistent. So I don't watch it every single night. But it's really nice to be able to like sit down on my computer and I'm doing work or doing whatever. And it's like the evening time and I'm like, oh, wait, Overwatch League's going to be on in a little bit. I get to I get turn around and watch some games. It's nice to have something that's very consistent like that. Um, something that I'm not too, I'm not too bent out of shape if I miss a game or two or I miss an entire night. It's nice to tune in and just watch some games. I really like it. Yeah, and I agree. Like I, 
I'm not surprised with where the viewership is. I mean, overall, I've loved the Overwatch League. I think I've watched at least one game every single night since the league has launched. I've been obsessed with it. I'm really following some of the teams. I'm rooting for the players. Um, and there's just been some amazing games. And um, my biggest question was, like, after the opening week, is it hit 400,000 viewers on the opening week. It had more unique um, viewers on their opening stream then I'm pretty sure, like, um, the streams of Thursday Night Football um, for the NFL. That's how many unique people they had viewing in an opening night, which is just crazy that an eSport is beating out. Sure, it was only through streaming, but it still beat out a digital professional sport. Um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty crazy. I, I don't remember where I saw that number. I wish I could find that. I wish I could really quote it and get the exact kind of uh, numberings behind it. But I still think that's crazy. And I knew after that it would drop out. It hasn't stayed off. It's hovering between 120 to 200,000 in max. I think it's hitting a really good viewership number. Like I said, the games have been amazing. There's very evident um, skill gaps, though, as I think could be the ultimate down. No, I wouldn't say downfall league, but something that could get very repetitive. I mean, sure, all the teams have now lost at least one game now, but you still see that seal. Um, London Spitfire and New York XL are the top three teams. They brought over all the best players from Korea and that they're going to be the dominant teams. And one of those three are probably ultimately going to win the the league at the end of the year. And just kind of that predictability, which I think is a problem with the NFL too, is that they have the Patriots. They have those couple teams that are so good that it could end up just kind of being feeling pointless because you know where it's going to end up being. But yeah, I think, the professionalism, how they presented, the consistency you're talking about, Dylan. Everything they're doing is right, um, and I love it. I just see there's a couple things here and there that could be um, hindrance for the league, but overall I think it's going to be here for a while, and I love watching it. Yeah, the skill gaps is definitely something that's super apparent. Um, not to name any teams, but Shanghai and Florida specifically. <laughs> well, very specifically shanghai um yeah, no but th- there definitely is a, a huge skill gap which the the gap isn't that bad i mean like it's not like seoul is just winning everything it's like yeah. seoul new york and london are really good and then you have your mid teams and then you have you know dallas florida shanghai who are at the bottom so it, it's like it, it, there, there's gaps, but at least you have the teams who are going to be competitive with each other, which if, yeah. if that's the case, then I mean, it's, it, it could be worse. It definitely could be a lot worse. No. And I, and I agree. And like you said, I mean, you saw Dallas and Seoul have an amazing game opening weekend. You saw that five, four point on uh, Anubis. Like they're, these teams are still going to compete. Um, you, you can ultimately see that Seoul end up just coming up and dominating the rest of the maps. But there will still be those competitive points at least once in each match, which makes it interesting. You have the, a couple reverse sweeps now. Like, I agree that there is a skill gap. And, I mean, whenever Seoul goes to place Shanghai, you know how that's going to end. But as long as you still get those big hype plays, you get those really intense match points every once in a while, that will be good for the league. And I think that will help. But like I said, these are all small hindrances. And uh, James was talking a little bit about, yeah, the one player, um, I think he ended up getting dropped from the team. I don't remember what team he played for, but he was suspended by the Overwatch League, but that team dropped him. Oh, wow. Wait, I did, didn't know. Did, I... He drop, did they really drop them? I'm, I am I had to go back and find it. Um, but I could have sworn there was some team that dropped a player. Um, oh, that was, was before it was... the league. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay, so I'm I'm definitely thinking a different league then. Well, there's other drama on Twitch where um, I think um, someone from 100 Thieves, uh, I know obviously they're not in the Overwatch League, but I know 100 Thieves dropped a player from one of their teams this week because of a similar thing where he was uh, insulting another player based on race in his Twitch stream. So I think it was the I think it was CS:GO if I remember right. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that. So obviously that's just going to kind of be a common theme across esports. That's a horrible thing to say, but you've seen that, and even one of the London Spitfire players <laughs> flipped Pilot, off the yeah. camera. I thought that was hilarious. I had no problem with that. But you got to think this is at a professional level, and I mean I don't know if an NFL player would get in trouble for that. Do you think? Do you think a professional traditional sports player would get in trouble for flipping off a camera? I think I, so. 
Yeah, I think I think I think they would, especially where the standard's been there for so long. I mean, this may where where this is so new and this is like this, this it hasn't been around that long. Um, we might be seeing this be like a, a normal thing. Like, I mean, because of what I understand, um, I guess he was making uh, like a gesture to a friend. So like, and if they don't carry out to be as strict as like the NFL or the NHL, um, this could be like that kind of like for lack of a better word, I guess tomfoolery would be, is going to be more accepted maybe, but, um, I can definitely see any, any other league than being outright fined. Okay. Yeah. And like, like I said, I had no problem with him flipping off the camera. I mean, it shows the emotions. It shows that in that moment he was really pissed off. And I, I loved that in the stream. We kind of seen that personality. I understand why the team ended up finding him and stuff kind of like that. But at the same time, I'm okay with a little bit of that kind of misbehavior during the streams. Obviously, um, insulting other players based on race, religion, gender, anything like that. That is never okay, and no matter what setting you're in. But, I mean, if they get emotional, they flip off the camera, they yell a little bit, they swear. Like, I have no problem with that because that shows emotion, and um, it really gets you more involved in the league. Obviously, you want it to be family-friendly and that kind of stuff, but... I'm okay with esports trying to separating themselves and allowing, well, not being a little more lenient on some of that. I think it'd make it a little more interesting. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to look at the uh, the other guy that was suspended. Um, that was uh, oh my god, what was his name? X XQC, and that was for the that was for the the dick sucking thing. So. But from what I understand, that basically may have killed their their playoff spot as well. But I I don't know. I'm not following it super super close. He's still listed on their Facebook or on their website. So yeah, he he definitely didn't get dropped because okay. on, on all his streams he still has all the Dallas Fuel stuff. Okay. That, then I was definitely thinking the hundred thieves. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at this now too. Yeah, there's a lot of people saying he was not be active and that kind of stuff and that. Yeah, they're. Definitely kind of being down on it, but no, he did not get dropped. So I'm sorry for saying that. I jumped the gun. I should have looked. I should have Googled before I said anything. But nonetheless, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I just don't see the benefit of that, especially when you're at that level. I mean, you're you're at the top of your game. I mean, you're playing professionally. You're getting paid to, to play Overwatch on a salary now. I just think you need to kind of have that control, and that might be a problem that you'll see consistency in esports because – Video games are toxic, guys. I mean, this is no secret to anyone. I mean, obviously you hope that the professional players, the top-tier players, are there because they're not toxic, but you're still going to run into these people, unfortunately. And I hope that this kind of gets shut down early and that they put down the suspensions and really point out that you can't do this right away. But I feel like there will be more cases of this throughout the year. Yeah, I think the biggest issue was with his team um, not properly, like the management in particular, not properly grooming him for the team, because uh, he is a is a streamer and he's a big uh, personality streamer. So this incident happened on stream, and I think I, I really really don't think management kind of got those kinds of points across to him, which are really unfortunate. Because um, like like you were saying, like this this is something especially for professional player that it's never okay to say no matter what setting you're in and yeah. so he is still very in the mindset of i'm my own person i'm on my stream doing my stuff I, I you know anything that i say only reflects on me as opposed to this reflects on my Your. team and my fans and everyone who's watching me and i think um obviously he's a person that said it so he is the main person at fault but um i can definitely see now a lot of management are going to be stepping up their game in terms of grooming all their players, especially some of these streamers that they're bringing over uh, to be more, you know, professional in that kind of setting. Yeah. No, not, and I definitely agree. I mean, uh, James, are you kind of saying something there? Oh, uh, I guess I was, yeah, just more or less agreeing. Like, I mean, I think a lot of the guys in the Overwatch scene have never, like, They've probably played on teams before, but as far as like actually representing like an organization, um, I don't think they have any experience with it whatsoever. And that is either because of their age or their background or, like you said, like they're just uh, they're just big personality streamers, so they're used to just everything being associated with them and nothing else. So, yeah, I think it's 
maybe it, maybe it is a bit of a fault on the um, on the orgs for not having like I, I feel like there, there's a specific job a job occupation to like groom players for like like PR specialists. I feel like I don't know that, that should have happened like a long time ago maybe or it should happen like right off the bat. It will happen now if it hasn't already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some PR HR kind of you know person out there on these teams that are like all right today we're just going to be sitting down and talking about how you act from now on yeah exactly yeah well i mean i guess another thing that i kind of want to bring up is that that's been brought up and there's a really good article that james actually shared with the group i'm um, just kind of talking shifting points in the overwatch league a little bit is the Overwatch League isn't sexist. It's just easy to think it is. This is an article written by Amelia Mary Justice, and she just kind of dove into a little bit of the stereotypes and kind of the bigger topics in esports rather than just the Overwatch, how that the Overwatch League isn't not drafting professional Overwatch females or having those talents and things kind of like that, but instead there's just not that talent there, rather it be for on-air hosts for players or anything kind of like that. And I guess that point's all there. And I, we can share the article online if any guys are interested in reading a little bit more on it. But my question is for you guys is what can esports do as a whole to allow the, allow females to kind of come up and more. And is it that we need to promote it more in young girls, obviously like why isn't there enough females? Well, more females in esports. And what needs to change in esports to allow more females to come in? Uh, uh, Dylan, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> or, go ahead and, yeah, and yeah. go first because I think this is um, definitely a similar argument for a lot of different fields out there. Um, this is something that is a big cultural issue and it needs to be kind of tackled in multiple different prongs. Um, so the first one is just starting early. Um, one of the main issues is that they just get discouraged really early. Um, video games have been seen as a more male kind of activity along with like just, you know, like football, basketball, stuff like that. Um, it's more seen as a male activity and, you know, a lot of females get discouraged from playing games and stuff. So I think, I, I think we're starting to get a lot better about this now. Um, I don't, I, I don't have the numbers on me exactly about the, the, the gender spread across video games. I know on games as a like a whole, it is 50-50. Um, so that's including console, PC, mobile, like all video games possible, it's 50-50. Um, in terms of just esports, I don't know what the breakdowns are, um, but I would definitely say that they're starting to get better. Um, so for sure in the next generation, I can guarantee that it will, the numbers will definitely be higher uh, than, than it is now. And then I think um, kind of going hand in hand with that, another thing is just uh, representation. So the same thing with just encouraging um, more females to play video games and to get into esports, you just need a lot of, or you just need some high level uh, female esports athletes to kind of um, serve as role models for people. Because whenever someone watches an esports, um, you know, esports match, and they only see guys up there. They might go, "Oh, this is you know, a guys thing. This isn't really a girls thing." So I think there's uh, there's definitely some people out there who have really high uh, who have really high skill levels in, in certain games that could you know be really good role models out there. I know there is a ton in Hearthstone. Um, so it, as long as we find really good people like that, I think that is kind of a, a good two prong attack. Um. Yeah. Oh, James, go on. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, on the other side of thing, the actually, like, from the excerpts from the article, like, some of the some of the, the, the prominent women in the esports scene hate being the catalyst for, like, the promoting the fact there isn't that many women. They don't like being, like, the focal point of that, right? Like, they, they don't feel like they don't, like, want to be a, a tool for, to, to, to promote it, if that makes sense. Like, that's the, what they don't want to be seen as. It's like, oh, like, it's, hey, you're a girl, let's promote you because you're a girl in esports. They they want to be known as, hey, yeah, I'm a good player, and I don't want it to go, I don't want it to, you know, go the other way. So, um, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, it'd be it 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 would be good to see further promotion as long as the the players are okay with it and not if they're being used as you know as that like um, it, that lightning rod for like, hey, you know, I want to be the reason. I want to be the reason. You know, more girls are into it. Like, yeah, they like just a want... token. I think. I yeah, think exactly. That's, that's like one of the biggest issues. So there is a very um, hard line to to kind of walk across when when you're dealing with things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, you know, you don't want to. This is it. You don't want you don't want to put somebody up as tribute and be like, hey, guess what? You know, everybody should be like her, and she's sitting there like, I don't, I don't even want to deal with this, right? I just, I just want to be good at video games, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I think I, I like, I think a big part of it is too, um, is the like, I mean, is the marketing. I mean, I think Overwatch has done a pretty good job of making it like a very, um asexual i guess uh like like attraction to the game like because i feel like a lot of that baseline comes up like i mean look at csgo it's freaking it's it's you know it's terrorists versus counter terrorists right there's no uh, there's no other way to sell that in a like you know a neutral market right like that's that's hard hardwired to attract for the most part one sex right um on its baseline so and i think that's maybe maybe why we're seeing an influx of hearthstone as well because there's no there's no hardcore, um, you know, marketing to to one sex or another. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe we'll see more. You know, again, like um, middle of the road um, marketing in the future, and that may that may e- even the divide a bit. But I don't know. I guess that's my that's my two cents of it. Also, yeah. just a note that this is a really complex issue that three three <laughs> three dudes are talking about. So our insight is definitely limited on this. Just. Just a show note. No, that's, yeah, that, for that's sure. really good note, yeah. And that's something we say a lot, that we are by no means esports professionals, nothing like that. We are three guys that get together each week and talk about this because we have passion about it. So don't take anything we say super seriously. Obviously, we want you to enjoy this mostly for the entertainment. If we say something that is you think you're totally wrong on, we're not here to make statements that's going to set the future of esports we're here just to kind of talk about and give our opinion so that's a very good show note um but going on to it so there's a couple things that i there's two points i want to go off of this first off i think that i agree that you don't want to just bring on a female into the overwatch league just to have that first female player and have that big deal out of it but unfortunately with how it is i feel like that's going to be no matter why they're brought up to the league rather a team thinks that they are the right fit for the team that she's going to do well and really bring the team to the next level or if she's brought on there just as a token piece i think the esports world as a whole will probably just end up seeing her as a token piece which is really shitty but i just think there's no way around that with how things currently are it'd be the same way in the nfl if there was ever a female that was good enough to play in the nfl no matter what she would be scrutinized, that team would be scrutinized, that they're just bringing her on because she's a female. And that's just how the world is, and that's stereotypes and gender roles and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want this to come off wrong, but the sooner we start getting these players up, and obviously you want them to be there for the right reasons, but once you start getting those females on the stage, and it's not just, oh, there's Crumbs, who is the only on-air person that's really consistently there for the Overwatch League. I mean, once you have more than just that one female focal point, that starts to go away. And it just starts to become common. Like, oh, that's player B. She's really good at mercy and that kind of stuff. Like, once you just get her up there and you get over that initial scrutiny, I think it's going to be better and the league's really going to be able to grow. And that first kind of step is there, getting that foot in the door. It's going to be a pain in the ass for whatever team does it, but it will be for the right reasons, I believe, in the long run. And then, secondly... um. You're kind of saying general neutral marketing and kind of putting in more in the middle. And I do think that video games, kind of the video game industry as a whole, not just esports, is doing much better at this. Like if you look at Call of Duty, you're able to pick if you want to play as a female and a male. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to unlock anything. From day one, the moment you launch it up, you are now able to decide if you want to play as a male or as a female. Um, And then, of course, in MOBAs, there are a wide variety of uh, males and non uh, sex gender um, individuals of play as so I think video games as a whole are getting better at kind of being all in ex- all inclusive 
So I think it's not the marketing as much. I definitely just think it's the cultural norms that girls don't play video games, that moms and dads um, discourage them from doing it very young. And Dylan's right. The next generation is going to be totally different because these ideals of gender roles and stereotypes are definitely dying off for the better. So I definitely think it will just be a time thing. There will be a couple big people that step up and make that difference. But until then, it's just all going to be talk. It's going to be a bunch of more than likely the predominant white males talking about this like us, which is sad, but it'll change eventually. I do believe that. And if you guys don't have anything else, I know that was kind of a lot there. We can just kind of move on to looking at another league. It won't be as heavy. It'll be a lot more fun. Um, but surprise, we're talking about League of Legends. So what do you guys um, think about, or what have you seen so far from the NA and the EU um, LCS leagues? Like, what are your impressions of that so far? Let's just kind of start with that. Dylan, would you like to have the honors? Uh, for League of Legends, no thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I haven't been really keeping up with this season that much, so I, I, I couldn't say too much on it. Okay, that's. That, I think that's fair. Um, I guess between the two the two leagues, I think a lot of a lot of power rankings are fairly are fairly shattered. Um, I mean, we look over at the EU LCS, and I think like Vitality is it was one of the teams that's sitting at the top. Yep. Um, Giants is another one as yep. well. Um, Rocad misfits as well. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of those teams don't have roster like players that are necessarily new to the scene. I mean, Vitality has Jizuke, who is actually um, talking about you know token players. Um, he's the first Italian pro, um, hmm. and he and they he, they actually they're they're buying into this hugely. They're he's constantly referred to as the Italian stallion. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So uh, like I mean, we're seeing new talent. We're seeing talent that is in like the challenger scene. Um, that was in there for a while, but then you look at I think it's Giants. I think Giants has pretty much a roster that's been around for for a while, I believe. I'm just waiting for it to load up, because um, the the LOL Esports webpage hates me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I know for a fact it has uh, Betsy, who has been in the EU scene for for ages and ages. Um, Steelback, who has also been there since his debut with. Um, I believe it was Fnatic. It was Fnatic or um, Uniforms of, Unicorns of Love was who he de- debuted with. But again, like these are these are veterans. Like uh, the Joko's been there for a year, but these guys are like holding the top of the standings. They're they're like you know they're 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 not folding like a lot of people expect. Um, and then we're seeing established organizations, um, which now, mind you, Unicorn Lo- Unicorns of Love is kind of a bad a bad example because the 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 um, organization itself has been notoriously low staffed, and it's something they're almost prideful about. Um, but unfortunately, they just lost Ro- uh, Romaine, who is now co- uh, the manager over at Optic. Um, so now Unicorns of Love is at the bottom. G2 is at the bottom, mind you. They lost their entire roster with the exception of Perks. Um, and I mean, Hajarnin and the oh, did um aren't exactly top tier players um in in my opinion um it just from my viewership I love Hajarnin when he was back with I think it was H2K um but I, he's a shell of him for himself and then switching over to the NALCS we're seeing Echo Fox who um everybody predicted like middle of the pack now just cleaning house because of their volatility um everybody i believe that's the proper pronunciation yep. um but yeah they expected these guys to be middle of the pack because they were either going to implode um because they were just so volatile or they were going to excel because they're so volatile and now we're seeing them sitting at like a 4-0 um just rocking rocking the top and now we're seeing guys like CLG who very, very, very close to my heart. Um, just managed to secure their first win tonight. So, um, you know, it's it's weird for these organizations to consider the bottom. TSM is another one that's sitting at the bottom, uh, or not the dead bottom, but they're they're both one and three CLG and TSM. Um, some of the rosters that people expected to struggle are like Golden Guardians, Optic Gaming, but then we have a hundred thieves who is made up of a bunch of veterans who just decided to all end up on a team together, and they're three and one. I mean, they have a ton of experience with Medios and Afromu. Um, he's a he's a Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, I mean, like, um, but no, I'm, I'm super happy to see he's doing well. I mean, Ryu's in it, like, again, he's notorious for being in the, the 1v1 Faker video. Um, so, I mean, it's nice to see these established 
uh, or these newer, newer established teams doing well. Um, I mean, Andrew, your, your very own FlyQuest, he doesn't seem to be doing too bad either, and it seems to be treating them all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you, you really touched on it. I think what I've loved the most about the NALCS, or I guess in the EU as well, I haven't watched near as much of that, but I've watched almost all the games on NALCS, is that you don't know who's going to win these games going in. The TSM Powerhouse, Counterlogic Gaming, like these teams that used to win everything, they just walk over the, the other teams and it'd always just be fun to see how well they're going to do and how quickly they're going to win. They're at the bottom of the league now and 100 Thieves have been so much fun to watch. Cloud9, Echo Fox, God knows that they're going to be 4-0 to end week 2. I never would have predicted that. And FlyQuest doing 2-2, two and two, having a, two really big comebacks um, would yeah. have been amazing to watch. But... Um, yeah, I think both leagues have done a great job. Obviously, it's kind of unfortunate to see the two, I mean, outside of Clutch Games. So, two and two for the new teams doing well. Um, so, 100 Thieves and Clutch Gaming both doing very well. Either one's three and one, Clutch Gaming um, as, uh, is playing right now, actually. Yeah. Um, and then Optic Gaming, Golden Guardians being at the bottom. Obviously, these were kind of predicted coming in that these teams weren't as established. They didn't have the veterans. They didn't have the expectations of doing very well. But I hopefully you kind of see them have a little bit of resurgence because you don't want to see Golden Guardians just go, oh, and however many games to split. I mean, that just isn't fun for anyone, not for the players, for the teams, or anything kind of like that. So hopefully you see these teams kind of figure it out and get going later on in the season and be more competitive. But, um, yeah, NALCS, I mean, obviously not much has changed in terms of casting, professionalism. The team's very... I mean, the organization is very similar as it was in the years past, but the unpredictability for both leagues have been amazing to watch. And obviously, the established fan bases will disagree with me. The TSM fans, the Counterlogic fans like you, James, won't be too happy. But, um, yeah, I've loved both leagues. And something kind of a tangent, but there is a female support. Um, I think she's a substitute on the Unicorn No Love right now. Yes, um, she's actually been with the organization since their founding. Um, really? I believe, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe she she's, uh, I believe it's primarily graphics. But I didn't I didn't know she was actually considered like uh, good enough to be a pro. I knew she played, of course, because she's she was like one of the founding members. But um, I yeah, they I saw that on somebody's fantasy league is they that she was listed as a sub, and I was just like, oh okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean. Female players in the LCS aren't isn't a new thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, dating back to Remy, I think Remy was the the first, um, female player. Um. And unfortunately, she got she got a ton of unnecessary flack that she didn't deserve. Um. Just from the community, as it being primarily like, uh, like <laughs> you know, guys that are from the ages of fifteen to eighteen, right? Um. They you know they turned her into a meme unfortunately she had played a bit with uh in the i think it was the latin american scene as well um but other than that there wasn't anything too too crazy but yeah no she um i can't remember her name for the life of me uh for with the unicorns of love but yeah, audrey no, she's... cole coent her audrey Pla- Adriella plaza or something like in the uh her in-game name and she is on the roster as a support i don't know how much she actually plays and i am aware that there have been other um professional females in the LCS, but I just mm-hmm. thought it'd be kind of something to fun to bring up while we were talking about um, professional gamers and that there is someone in one of the big two leagues. Um, yes. That yeah, is a female, absolutely. which is always good to see despite how much she plays. It is still awesome that she is considered good enough despite whether she's there because she started the organization or anything like that. It's still good to see that there is some female representation references. Oh my God, I'm skipping it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> um, on that, but yeah, I guess outside of all that, I don't have too much on either one of the leagues. I mean, is there anything else you want to touch on for uh, League of Legends, James? Um, yeah, actually, now thinking back to it, as we talked about previously with um with uh Pilot and uh, XQC, kind of kind of talking smack, either you know in game or you know like flipping the bird or anything like that. Um, Febibin, in his interview yesterday against CLG, he literally said, and I like this is a direct quote. What the fuck were they doing? Oh, because, I saw that interview. That yeah, like, yeah. Are they trying to int? He's like, yeah, he it, said, that was just it, right. Int? And uh, to my knowledge, and I, I've I follow the scene pretty close. Like I 
fall clutch city as soon as or <laughs> i'm already i'm already like sucked into like their like their marketing but clutch game basically as soon as they as soon as they announced they were a thing and fevin's based no backlash in fact they the day he got his pentakill which is the same day of that interview they pinned and linked his jersey saying you can now buy his jersey so they're they're taking it in a totally different approach as the of the Overwatch League where they're they they love it and this was kind of what I was talking about where like the you know the idle smack talk is is allowed um, as long as it's not I guess too offensive so you get away with that and your team promotes the shit out of you so that is an, I that is an interesting point to bring up I mean yeah I mean I guess Dylan you could even kind of come in on this I mean. Um, that's what I was kind of saying earlier that I, like, I, I like the idea of being a little more lenient on that. I mean, Dylan, what, I mean, do you think if that was in the Overwatch League that that should be okay? Or do you think that should be gone as well? Um, from the even League of Legends? No, I don't, I don't really think so. I think, I think there definitely is a balance. Yeah. I mean, like for me again, just like very similar to when he flipped off the bird, I lost it. I was sitting here just kind of browsing the internet when I had Twitch open to my right. And I heard him say that. And I just got up laughing. Like that kind of thing gets people into esports, and I, I, yeah, now I, I love clutch gaming even more because of that. Um, and I thought that made the whole kind of atmosphere so much. The crowd loved it. Oh and yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about. Where being a little more lenient is okay. I mean, you hear that kind of smack talk in the other professional sports. I mean, obviously they're not saying what the fuck are they <laughs> doing, but yeah. like that kind of just very direct very honest kind of talk is i think belongs in esports because that's clearly how people talk in game so i don't see why allowing a little bit of that in the interview and having fun with it shouldn't be there as well yeah i mean it's a big reason why double if had such a a, a fan base as well besides his, of oh, course yeah. his skill i mean he was notorious for smack talking other players right so i mean it's nice that somebody like I mean Feb, this isn't new for Febvin either. He's also been notorious for having a bit of a personality. But I mean it's good. People people like to watch teams with personality. People are that's what gets you in. If you have a bunch of you have five very neutral personality care uh, players uh, or, or six given the Overwatch League team rosters. Now thinking about it, they up they're like up to like twelve or something like that. But um, like again, if you don't have anything like that, like I mean, I can guarantee you more people wanted to check out or like watch the London Spitfire because they heard Pilot was flipping people off. Um, and it's probably the same thing with Clutch City. I'm I'm, I mean, the viewership right now for Clutch uh Clutch Games game is oh, 122,000. So and against it, this is against Team Liquid. So I'm I'm sure there's a good basis, but I mean I'm sure they've attracted more fans because of that more than anything than turning them off, right? No, I totally agree. Yeah, like yeah, personalities. We talked about Double F before. I've always been a big fan of him and his personality. So yeah, seeing that, I think definitely helps esports grow because that is something that would be shared outside of a League of Legends page. That's someone to share to a general gaming page. Like, listen to this guy talk shit. And that's how new people get introduced to these personalities, to these games, to these leagues. And it can only... As long as it's nothing too bad, like the racial insults, but instead mm-hmm. just straight up good smack talk and like shit talk, that can only help, I believe. It'll turn off some players, but it'll appeal to the general public. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so we are wrapping up I mean, we're reaching about the 50-minute point. I mean, Dylan, is there anything that you kind of came off from today? Or James, is there any last points that we really want to touch on before we wrap up for today? Yeah, I have something. Uh, I just wanted to say 2020, get ready on Twitch.tv for uh, the XFL. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. it I know it's got to be on Twitch. So I'm too young to know. So can you fill me in on what the XL is? XFL. I don't know what this is. I know it's like an extreme football league. Well, so originally, but... the first time around, Vince McMahon of the WWE made his own football league, and it was very kind of like over the top, like theatrical kind of extreme football thing. Um, but apparently, this time around, uh, he wants to do it again, but he just wants to make it like um, like a like a NFL 2.0 basically yeah, take just, out all the bad parts that people don't like about the uh, about normal NFL football and just kind of make it better. Okay. And yeah, how so long it's ago like, was the first one? Like, how long ago did the XFL 1.0 launch? 2001? Yeah, it didn't last very long, though. It, last, it lasted for a season, yeah. 
Um, I guess I guess the cheerleaders were a big part of it, <laughs> um, which I, I guess Vince has been very open, being like, we're just we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the interesting thing about that too is, um, and I know we're kind of getting down the rabbit hole a bit, but he it basically has no place for like the whole not taking a knee or taking a knee during the national anthem. He's, he is basically putting a hard stance against it because he believes politics has no, no place in football or in organized sports. But unfortunately, as soon as you say you're doing that, that's what that's you're doing. You're, br- you're bringing politics in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I guess to get off that topic and back into esports, the other thing I wanted to bring it up before we take off is that, my prediction of Gears of War being on Twitch and being promoted there is there, and I'm very happy about it. <laughs> That's a point. One tournament. Yeah, I got one point. Whatever, man, I got a point. <laughs> no, you are right. Yeah, it's, it's there. And no, and not, and I and I, I hope to see. I mean, obviously, if they're losing CSGO and that kind of stuff, I mean, obviously, promoting the other esports will be good for Twitch. I mean, Twitch viewers or Twitch viewers and trying to maybe make Gears of War a little bigger, I think it would be awesome. I'd love to see another league kind of come up i mean obviously it's established but get bigger and get to that csgo level so yeah i mean obviously you got one point well we'll figure out the points later but that's definitely something that i have no problem with you getting that because that's just good for esports <laughs> yeah no definitely but yeah i'll let you guys do both your wrap-ups share your link share whatever you want um and then i'll close out the podcast go go ahead dylan uh, if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Beal4Real. That's the number four. Um, feel free to send me a DM if you want to talk about esports anytime. Uh, and myself, I'm at Twitter at James A-R-E Graham. Um, yeah, uh, I'm basically going to be pretty much promoting my uh, my amateur esports team. So that's what you'll see my feed flooded with. But I mean, feel free to hit me up. I will respond to pretty much everybody. Awesome. And then, yeah, as always, um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Nims41, N-I-M-Z-4-1. I've also started somewhat streaming a little more regularly on Twitch. If you guys want to follow me over there, kind of play a wide variety, mainly Overwatch. And that does it for this week's episode of the Project Esports Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe or follow. Even just sharing this podcast with somebody would mean a ton to us. And we also put up all our shows every Monday morning, so just in time to get you through the start of the week. Uh, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Thank you for listening.